0: Oh, like having a girl chat like a life update and then let's just go into it people want to hear that shit we
1: just realized that we have so much to share with the world
0: <laughs> oh my god people are gonna love this segment
1: we are the duo that we always always needed we're just gonna be blunt I mean you have sadges here stop fucking chasing men it's just like a warm hug on your pussy preach it sister we are not gonna mother you and she's like do you think he's ghosting me and I said do not reply to that message so stop lowering your self worth and looking desperate because it's tragic obsessed with that right it's
0: so juicy I fucking Love these episodes. I hope
1: that everybody is loving them. How are you? I'm good. Are we on camera asking that question or are we off camera asking that question?
0: Let's see what the answer is. Then we can just depend whether you want to cut it out.
1: Yeah, I'm fine. I've booked my flight back to the UK. So I mm. have like literally an emotional wreck. I think that also mm. brings up so much. I don't know. Everyone always used to say to me, "Oh, I can't live in Tulum. It, like it's too intense. It brings up too much." I've had a lot of trauma come up that I either thought I'd processed or didn't even realize was existing. And then, obviously, like falling in love while having all of that coming up, and then leaving. And then, am I coming back? Do I want
0: to live here? Like, I don't really think. Oh I my god! No, back. I couldn't live in Tulum. Exactly, but like, he can't really leave. <sighs> So, well, it's because, like, fucking Mexico, like, Mexicans can't get a visa very easily. It is, like, so hard for them to get a visa. But well, I know at least to get into the U.S. I'm like, that's so fucking racist, is it not? Like, you're Mexican, so therefore we don't want you in the U.S. I was
1: like, oh, maybe we should go to the Hamptons at the end of this summer. Just thinking that would be, like, a nice way to end off the summer. And he was like, no, babe, I might not be able to do that because of the visa situation. And I was like, what the fuck? But anyway, I'm fine. And what will be will always be. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, like, a lot. Going on with me, and how are you? We haven't spoken since you've moved across states.
0: I know. I am now a southern woman. It's so funny. Like we were at his parents over the weekend before the July, and he looks at me in bikinis, like, "Is there extra material that's going to be added to that? Do you want anything that like covers a little bit more of your bum?" I'm like, "Yeah, but like I think these ones are more flattering." He's like, "Flattering around children and family." I'm like, "Oh my god, fuck off." Yes. I'm now a Southern woman living in Atlanta. Um, I mean, I love it. I It's so different to New York and I, I, I really do miss New York and I'm going back for a week next week actually um, just to have a girls week and everything. It's not like New York, Atlanta at all, but it's also so supportive for wanting that grounded home life like I see trees everywhere there's so many fucking trees there's so much nature here the people are really nice it's a slower pace it's still like a full-on city but it's a much slower pace everyone lives in houses so it just feels different it's just like I'm not waking up stressed every morning I don't find it hard to wind down at night time so yeah, it's been it's been a change of pace, but a really good one. And I've been enjoying it and just moving through so many fucking new chapters as I you. Tulum has really made me slow down because
1: obviously everyone here, no one is like a slave to anything. People come yeah. to Tulum to be away from the slave. And I I like am kind of addicted to being the slave. I love working. I love mm-hmm. it. It's so I mean hits. I love achieving, building. And so that's been really hard for me to slow down. But at the same time, it's like I'm missing that more hectic lifestyle. Like I'm missing my gym. Like I'm putting on Mm -hmm. weight. I can't walk here. There's construction everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's the beach, but I'm inland. So it's like a 25 minute drive or 20 minute drive to the beach. It's not like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can just go outside and I don't have my dog with me. So I'm not walking the dog every day. Mm -hmm. So I'm envious of you having Mm -hmm. that nature around you. But at the same time... We always want
0: what we don't have.
1: Right. I think for me, I'm going through that same thing as like, I'm realizing I want a slower pace of life too. And I would love to be near a beach or near nature. But at the same time, I need to have like certain things around me. And this will also tie into later mm-hmm. in the topic the things that we like and that we fund our lifestyles and the things that we've become accustomed to. Everything is very basic in Tulum. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Like, it was so beautiful to be able to live like that. But sometimes I just
0: miss like, a gym. Oh my God. I missed my fucking Aveda products when I was in Tulum for only a month. I just missed like those little luxuries shopping, being able to get Amazon delivery, really, like hair products, like getting my fucking nourishing stuff because, yeah, yeah like salt and sand and sea is gorgeous, but it fucks your hair up like it dries the living daylights out of your hair and it's just like to be able to like go to a grocery store and just buy the food that you like to buy for example like just those like conveniences i've had a few of my clients live in tulum and they don't realize the fight or flight they're in you are in a third world country you are in fight or flight when you are there if you have grown up in a first world country like the uk when you go to somewhere like tulum your nervous system isn't used to that style of living. So it's actually really stressful for your system. It's really interesting when I've seen clients leave to loom, all these things start happening to them. I'm like, yeah, because you finally feel fucking safe.
1: Oh my God. I cannot wait to see what happens. I think the exact same thing is going to happen. Like I've said a million times, my man is the only thing that's keeping me here. Mm. There is literally nothing else keeping me here. I haven't even met nice girls. Like nothing yeah I should have left a long time ago but obviously when you're like having the most beautiful experience you don't want to leave it of course
0: Um, don't yeah
1: but I don't feel safe a lot of the time and I can't just go for a walk on my own this morning we were walking like he comes with me every morning Mm -hmm. which is amazing but he said to me oh there's a guy following us and I turned around and I was like oh yeah like I noticed that he was there before so I was like uh do you ever feel like oh when you see someone following you that there could be an issue. And he kind of laughed and was like, no, babe, you, you're tapped in. You know when it's safe and when it's not safe. And I was like, okay, but I kind of don't because it's yeah. ne- very, very unusual for in the UK unless it's late at night to feel like you have to be worried about who's following you. And that was just another thing that was like, what if mm-hmm. I move here and I'm here with my dog? I want to take her out. For an hour every day or two mm-hmm. hours, morning and evening. You are explaining exactly why I don't feel great. It's because like I'm leaving and I cannot wait to go home. I miss my friends, I miss my family, I miss yeah. my dog more than life itself. But I'm leaving behind someone that is incredible. Okay, I'm gonna come back, but I don't. I've told him this. I don't want to live here. I, I can't live yeah. here. And I definitely, should we ever get to the point of raising a family, I don't want to do that to him
0: i am such a fucking big believer especially now with my amazing relationship of like if it is meant to be with your man it is going to fucking be like if a man wants to be with you he will move and like this man like he's a good one right he will move fucking mountains if there is a will there is always a fucking way i couldn't agree with you more he's basically said (laughs) if it's not here
1: we'll go somewhere else Mm -hmm. i'll come to love you're right. He said that. So I do. I am just trusting. Like, if it's meant to be, it will be. I think I just need to go home and recalibrate and just process. Off yes. five fucking months. I came here for two weeks. I'm here five months later, and
0: I've like, hey, five months. Holy yeah. fuck. What the fuck. Wow. <laughs> but also, like, just so beautiful for you, right? Like, what a healing experience for you to have. I mean, and if that's all that relationship is, like fucking amazing right of like what a healing experience i have goosebumps that you like you got to experience wholeheartedly for a really decent amount of time a man i have so many goosebumps that fucking (sighs) loves and adores you and treats you the way that you deserve to be treated like that is now your new standard going home to london or wherever you go wherever you go in the world please move to US, US, uh, wherever you go in the world, that is your new standard, right? That is your new fucking standard. And for everybody listening, like that's the fucking standard, right? Before I guess
1: we go into that in like too much yeah. more detail, the main thing about this episode we were going to talk about, which I think ties into this really nicely, is that you and me are blessed that we can hop on a plane, right? right. That you guys can hop on a plane and go to Europe, that you can go to New York for the week. Mm-hmm. I can fly to and back from London. I'm paying double rent right now. My rent in mm-hmm. London is like dollars a month haven't even stepped foot in it for like mm-hmm. five months we're in a very lucky position to be able to do that mm-hmm. we understand that we are privileged but we also understand that we work fucking very hard, hard. Mm-hmm. okay so maybe we should just give people a tiny back story yeah or like a 10 second 20 second rundown over like how we got to where we are now just ex- help to explain to people like yeah. Where we are at
0: in the in the business world. So I am 25, just to put an age thing into it. So I'm pretty young. I was privileged, and then I grew up in what people would think was a perfect household, and I love that because it's like we also have trauma. Everybody has fucking trauma, even if you grew up, gave up grew up with a great family. I haven't finished my uni degree. Was not like I was a good student, and then I applied myself, but I just could never like focus that well and that if someone tells me to study something I would just be like fuck you shut up I don't want to study this it bores me but if I'm interested in studying something I will literally stay up until 4am learning every fucking detail and reading every google scholar article I can find about, about, about a certain topic so long story short how I started my business was getting my period back. I Actually, started as a recipe developer initially, and then my on my food blog, I was talking about getting my period back. And at the time, nobody on Instagram was really talking about periods. Like there'd be people talking about hormones, but like they'd use all those kind of softer words like hormone imbalance. And I would just be like, period. Like I would just say the fucking word. So that made it me really relatable. And then my business basically snowballed, and now I have a business where I make seven figures at least every year, and. It, Obviously, growing, and uh, I don't have like a huge team or anything. I work a lot. I don't kill myself with my job. I put my relationship first. But yes, I am the breadwinner, and I make a lot of money. So that's me.
1: Love that. So same for me in terms of childhood, like privileged upbringing, well educated, etc., etc. But opposite in terms of you in. Like, I was a slave to the system from a young age. I studied so much. I had to get straight A's. I put so much pressure on myself. It's a big part of my personality trait that mm-hmm. has come through later in life, like a fear of not being good enough. So kind of straight A's in everything I ever did. Went to university, became a lawyer. hated that, but obviously kind of ticked the box on doing it. Then I was approached by a gym over here in London, which if anyone's listening to this on Monica's podcast is like... The equivalent of a Barry's boot camp or a Soul Cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were like the first one to market. So very cool, called One Rebel, like insanely cool interiors and stuff like that. They told me to jump ship, join them as head of brand and marketing. Did that, then I set up an agency, scaled that up to near seven figures a year as well. Not quite though. And then shut that down because I basically nearly had a mental breakdown by doing it. And then now <laughs> I'm fucking love. You. <laughs> I mean it's actually the truth. <laughs> Then I am now in this like insanely blessed position, which I never really talk about because weirdly I have shame around it, which is that I now make six figures a year, but I probably work one or two days a week doing some high paid consultancy work and doing some writing. So yeah, we are kind of on the same wavelength that we both are in a financially strong position. A lot of it has been created by us um, Mm -hmm. and we can really do whatever we want we can go wherever we want. And what we're going to talk about today is how to own that in a relationship and how to handle it. Mm So I think we're coming at this from a really interesting angle because when I was younger, my boyfriends made a lot more money than me because they were like traders, investment bankers. But as I got older and as I kind of realized the importance of that more like emotional connection, I felt like I tended to go towards men
0: who do not make as much money as me. Mm. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's very common now for women to be making more money than men. So yes, we are the breadwinners. And I think a lot of, I know, not I think, I know a lot of women are the breadwinners these days. If, if a woman finds a talent, we can become very, very good at it. A lot of women are discovering their natural ability to help people. Like we naturally are helpers and healers. So when we tap into that, we can really excel and make a lot of money in a field. And it's a new area, right? Because it's like, okay, well, how do we navigate the whole masculine and feminine thing when, you know, the woman's making more money, but I want him to feel like he's the provider and I want to feel like he's the one providing and protecting, but I'm the one that has to make the money. So many women are struggling with this and it creates like resentment, fights, all these things on both ends of the spectrum. Um, So I'm excited to talk about this with you today.
1: Yeah, me too. And I feel that it's something that I'm going through right now, which is that, for example, uh, we're going away next week. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I am a self-admitted hotel snob. Like I love, I just, I just love hey, nice. I people. get it.
0: I send my boyfriend nice hotel all the time. Like take me here. Like, Yeah, exactly. All
1: the time. I always like to level up. Like yeah. I'm in an environment that is leveled up. I know that it's going to help my, like getting to my goals, helping me getting the life that I want, et cetera, et cetera. So I will always spend money for a better experience. You will never see me slumming it anywhere. I really just like don't. And the same thing with flights. Like I don't, I never have flown first class, but I will always fly in the top class that I can afford at that period because Mm -hmm. I know that I will have more comfort. I will get more work done. I will get off the plane. I won't lose 12 hours sleep from jet lag the other side. And these are things that I also learned from you is that like, you're not actually just paying $5,000 for the ticket. You're paying for the lost time. Like, in economy, for example, or you're paying for the lost time when you get off the flight. And again, I know this might be triggering for some people who are not at this point in their career and they might be like, this is literally mental that you are talking about these things, but this is just our Wait, experience. But those
0: people, please see this as like an expansive conversation. Like yeah, exactly. take your ego out of it. See this as like, whoa, this is how I can think about it. And I want to get to a place in my career and my life where this is how I now see things. Sorry, continue the No, I think
1: that is so important. This is an expansive conversation. You are yeah. right. Um, so we're going away next week and it's like, right, we need to drive there. So I want the Jeep Wrangler, obviously the most Mm -hmm. expensive car that you can rent together. And I want to go to the most expensive hotel where we're going because I want to have the most epic experience. Yeah. Now, when you add those two things together, it's expensive. It's also expensive for, and, and I want to say caveat My boyfriend has a great job, okay? Mm -hmm. But he has a great job in Mexico where Mm -hmm. what they pay in pesos is vastly different to the types of salaries that you would be making in a big city. Then on top of that, you and I obviously make probably more than the average person. Not probably, definitely more than the average person. yeah. And particularly for you, you make more money than me. I also just want to caveat that, that I am not in Monica's, Monica's ball game right now, but I will be one day. So yeah, and we're in this, awkward position where it's like, okay, do I pay for all of it? Do I pay Mm. for a portion of it? Do we split it? Blah, blah, blah. But, and we're going to get into this, but one thing that you have taught me is that just because your man doesn't provide 100% in the financials doesn't mean that he can't provide in other masculine ways. So the thing about my boyfriend is he is, yes, he makes less money than me, but he is the most masculine, strong, reliable, stable, sexy fucking man I've ever met in my life. And on top of that, not only is he an emotional pillar of masculinity for me to rely on, but every single day he makes me breakfast. He just like does all these things that should be feminine. But for some reason it's like fucking sexy. And he's like, I'm doing this because
0: your power is in working and doing what you do. And I'm Um, here to support you to be the best person. That's like my boyfriend. He does the same thing. Of like, we had a conversation. Wait, have you? Sorry, keep going, Louise, if there's anything more you want to say.
1: I have nothing else to say other than I feel feel like most people would traditionally think that that's like emasculating, like, ooh, your boyfriend's doing the laundry. And I think that would have been me before. I would have been like, ooh, Mm -hmm. like, go to work and make six figures, whatever. Like, just what are you doing? Mm -hmm. But it also allows me to be more feminine and more soft and more sexy. And I've
0: learned all of these things from you. So over to you. Okay. So one time my boyfriend and I were having a conversation as we were navigating this new world, right? I was thinking about how I can explain to him what I need from him in order for me to be able to feel supported and provided for by him in other ways other than money. So I was sharing with him something like, so so that you understand when I feel stressed, because I have to monitor things that you could be doing for me, that means that I take my energy away from my business. I don't show up online. And I know this is a new world for you to understand, but like, I don't make that sale. For example, like I don't make the $500 on the quick evergreen programs that people would buy if I posted a few slides or I said a few things or because I'm stressed because of X, Y, and Z things, I don't then do an Instagram live or because I have to do the laundry or run these errands or whatever. I can't do X, Y, and Z. And therefore people haven't signed up to a program. And when he started to see, I would give him examples. So what I would do is he'd be like, one morning he was like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z for you so that you could just get into your creative flow. And I was like, whoa, where is this coming from? But I loved it. Right. So I got into my flow and he started to see the examples where he would do things for me, take things off my plate. And I would do some Instagram stories, X, Y, and Z. And then like three sales would come through and I would share with him. I'd be like, so babe, you know how you just took an hour off my plate? I did this and now look at my phone. And so he started to be able to see like, oh, so she makes money easily when she's not stressed. So one of the ways that he provides is by taking things off my plate because it's like she can make money so easily if she has less on her plate because she can be in her creative flow. But when I'm not taking things off her plate, she's more stressed. So little things like if I have to run an errand, he'll grab and be like, I'll do it on my way back from work. I'm going to take this errand. And I'll be like, no, babe, I'm really happy to do it. No, I'm doing it. Or like if I'm really busy with work, he will organize dinner. I am the cook. I will say like, he doesn't really, he hates cooking. So he hasn't grown up knowing how to cook, but some mornings he'll be like, you stay in bed and you can't come down until I say, and mm-hmm. then I when he eventually like, he's like, okay, you can come down now. Like, the other morning he did this. He's like, made me breakfast. And like, for example, when he does that, it's like, he's not a cook at heart. So when he does that, that means a lot for me. So you know like even this morning we have a lot to do today and he like texted me this morning being like okay i'm doing x y and z then i'm going to be home at 11:50. then we're going to jump on the mortgage broker call x y and z because he's learned that when he tells me his plan my brain isn't like wait is he going to be home for this what's he doing here blah, blah blah we have a shared calendar all these kind of things that allow both of us to have less stress on our brains so we can be more in flow with each other
1: I love that it comes back to the point of communication because I have to have these conversations with him saying either this feels good or this feels bad, but I need that masculinity back in full force in the bedroom. I want him to take the lead, be dominant in the bedroom. I need that masculinity back in full force in the bedroom. And that is something that I've had to communicate because I can let you provide outside But in the bedroom, I need you just to be the strong, like the strong one in my head, if that makes sense. And that's not saying that he's not strong outside of the bedroom, but it's just that I'm having this huge confliction, which is that my whole life, I have been led to believe that your man, the man of the household, like my father should be the patriarchal head figure of the family that makes all the money, makes all the decisions. Mm -hmm. For me, and it'll be interesting to know what your family dynamics like, because for me... Mine's the same as yours. Yeah, and my mom is, like, a so maternal, household caregiver, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. This has been a very hard journey for me to get my it head It is around.
0: challenging, Louise. I am not going to show this shit. I don't want people to think that I'm in, like, this perfect relationship. We've had our moments where he's said to me, and we always have very loving conversations around this because it's sensitive for both of us where he said to me like I can feel when you're not trusting me with like money stuff or when you're like eyebrows being raised about like a money thing like I can feel that and then I'll start getting upset because it's like I don't want to feel that like I don't want you to feel that but like I'm also navigating this whole new area where this has been my money for three years I've never been in a relationship where I was the one always paying and I do want to preface like It's really hard for men and it's really hard for us in a different way. Like it is hard for me that I want him to be the provider, but I am the one that's technically the financial provider. And it's hard for him because he wants to be the provider, but he knows that technically he isn't the one that's the provider. I don't want to feel the pressure of I have to make the money because sometimes that pressure feels like a lot. I don't want that pressure on my shoulders of like, I have to make the money. And he's actually said to me, that pressure is never on your shoulders it is just that it is easier for you to make money so that's how like I'm supporting you right now because you enjoy working and he said to me if there's ever a point in time where you want to stop working so for example if I just want to like shut everything down just be a mom and garden all day he's like that's fine I would go and work. I would then pick everything up and I'd be the full provider and that that would be on me. So that's also, I think, a really important conversation for you to have in your relationship. You need to feel as a woman, like if shit hit the fan, he would be the one to make ends meet. And just back to your... Question before Louise of so who pays for like the holiday, right? Of like you want the bougie hotel, you want the bougie car, X, Y, and Z. What makes you feel as a woman like you're being provided for, and what makes him feel like he is a provider? So I don't book my flights ever, I don't ever book the hotel, I don't ever confirm the hotel, liaise with the hotel. I never do any of those action steps. So whilst, for example, when we were in Europe, I paid for the hotels. He's the one that books all of them. His name is on all of them. His credit card goes down for all of them. Like I was saying before, he's the one that checks us in. He's the one that checks us out. He's the one that, you know, like speaks about like we need X, Y, Z in the room when we arrive. I don't do anything. So I am feeling like he's always taking the lead. In that area as well, and again, like I was saying before, it takes a load off my plate. I don't want to spend an hour in the middle of my day choosing a hotel, booking it, organizing it. But he likes to do that because he's then feeling like he's organizing the holiday. So those little things as well are really good. Even like really small examples of ways that people people always forget about the small things. Like you know, you can see up there like one of the tall cabinets above the fridge. I will ask him to pull down the chair instead of getting a chair and standing on it because he then feels like he's helping me and that he's providing him in that moment. Another little example is like the driveway is really hard to like maneuver and get out of. So often he'll like pull the car out for me, even though I can fucking do it. It takes me longer than him just doing it. So he'll just do it for me. And then he feels like he's provided. Another example is like, it was thunderstorming the other night and I had to drive somewhere and he was like, please be careful. Please like text me when you get there. Like blah 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 and that's him wanting to protect me let him do that right don't then shut that down and be like i'm fine i'm fine like stop being fucking annoying or whatever don't shut it down receive that compliment he is telling you in that in that sentence how much he loves and adores you and that he doesn't want you to fucking get in a car accident so all of people always forget like those little tiny things are also um beautiful ways to like let him still be that provider and protector he can book the hotel but you're the one that pays for it he books the restaurant but you're the one that pays for it he organizes like what you want to have in the room for when you guys arrive he like, even though you pay for the car he drives like i'll pay for a rental car sometimes uh, if i want a really bougie one um but i know if i can drive the car then you get to actually enjoy the pleasure of the money without having to execute on it. You don't even have to like do anything masculine. You get to just like pay and then like bathe in it. You don't even have to fucking like lift a suitcase. Like that is a vibe. That is so epic. I feel like you have just
1: changed my entire position on everything. This has been so insanely valuable. And I think that my key takeaway from this is about having a partner who is receptive to this, because as you were talking, I was thinking back to, A couple of boyfriends ago when I was like 26, I'm older than Monica. And I had this boyfriend who made a ton of money, worked in the city, but he was super toxic. But his Mm -hmm. masculinity was so toxic as well. That to the point that when I started running my own business, he was basically like, You work too much, you know, the total Mm -hmm. opposite of everything that you are describing. And I think a lot of people might be listening to this thinking, like fuck well like my boyfriend or my husband whatever hopefully not husband I'd be able to do that because he would be Mm. too challenged by it he would be too emasculated
0: by it um, I do want to say, Louise, it is challenging for him. I don't want to sugarcoat that. I do not want anyone to think that like my boyfriend isn't emasculated by it sometimes or isn't much challenged. He is challenged by it every day. We have had fights about it. We have had discussions about it with a lot of compassion where he has expressed to me how hard it is for him, uh-huh. but we are learning. And this is a challenging situation in different ways for both of us. So he is still challenged by it, but he is just learning the ways in which he feels like he's the provider and that he's adding to it.
1: Yeah, I think that's what people need to think when you're kind of going through this situation is just repositioning what that monetary value looks like. It can come in so many different ways and being provided for what you've just summarized so perfectly in today's episode is that you can be provided for in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. It's not just the traditional ways that we're brainwashed to think that if the man is not making more money than you, then, you know, that relationship is an embarrassment or whatever, you know, is doomed to fail because that is not the case. And I love, love, love what you've been saying about how you can pay, you can do the financial Mm -hmm providing, but they can execute. So you can enjoy the pleasure of the money. Like that's changed how I'm going to deal with this situation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give him my credit card. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Like this is the hotel I want. You pick the car, you sort the car, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not just the big things like you said. For example, when we go out on our mopeds, he will always pull my moped out. Like it's hard to get it out. Mm -hmm. It's heavy. Just like you said with the car, of course I can do that. Of course I could do that myself. But the smallest act of him being like, no, babe, you stay there, I'm
0: going to pull it out i'm like yeah like, oh my god I love- babe, louise like oh my god when we're waiting for our suitcases right he will like carry every fucking suitcase to the point of like sometimes carrying my handbag as well so i have nothing in my hands it's like you just your hand like your arms just aren't made for this like you just can't carry the suitcase and it's just i love it because like i you know like i can fucking carry my own suitcase i did it for years like obviously i'm fine but he just loves it feeling like he's fully in his masculinity, right? And that I'm like fully able to just enjoy whatever it is I'm doing. And I will say, like, even when you give him and for any lady to take this on board, even if when you give you and know, your partner your credit card, it doesn't mean it's gonna be easy for him. Like my boyfriend still struggles every fucking day. He hates putting things on my credit card, right? Like Mm -hmm. it is going to be hard because he's a fucking man. If he's not a fucking man, then he wouldn't be struggling with it. So he Mm -hmm. will find it challenging. It is a new area that you have to play into. I think that also as women in this dynamic that we're
1: talking about, we need to learn to receive. And that's something Mm. that I found initially very challenging. And that is because historically I've been very in my masculine energy. I wasn't doing this work. I was grinding, hustling, blah, blah, blah. Now, for me, when I'm the one to receive, I find it uncomfortable or I found it uncomfortable mm. at the beginning. I feel lazy or I feel like I'm not doing anything. But actually, if this is a dynamic that you are living with, you as the woman, you need to learn and lean into that receivership. Yes. Otherwise, this work will never, ever work. Like It's not just about the man being okay with it. It's also
0: about the female being okay with it. Yes. And trusting your man with your money is is challenging. So you really have to practice some trust. And that's where communication is everything so that you feel like you can trust him. And then the last thing I want to say is that it's also really important for you to understand that that this does not mean that you are now the masculine in the relationship and you need to know how to switch off from work so that you can drop deeply back in your feminine at the end of the workday so that when he comes home and when you finish work, you are in your feminine and you are not still in work mode masculine. Like I do not feel ever, 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 like, I am the masculine in my relationship. I always feel like I'm the feminine, even though I am the one that will, generally speaking, work more hours. And I am the one that, like, obviously makes more money and everything. I feel submissive as fuck and I love it. Mm, Yeah. Delineation
1: between work and play, so to speak, is critical. And I think it's something that we really struggle to in this society is to, like, actually switch off. And for you, you love to do the cooking, right? For me, I love... For him to do the cooking, but I will be there present with him. I'll put on the music. Yes. And then in the evening it'll be like, okay, well, we'll have a shower together or we'll have a bath together and then we'll spend time in bed. Like at no point there is there any work involved. And that for me is really, really hard. Like I have a brain, totally. that's, yeah, constantly on, constantly thinking. It's so easy to pick up your fucking phone and just do an email when yes. you're lying in bed. I'm also really bad that when I wake up in the morning, I pick up my phone and I know that is bad. I have to actively be like, no, I'm gonna wake mm. up gorgeous man next to me and I'm going to be present in this moment and be in my feminine and receive this love this morning rather than being like, okay, I'm awake. Let's go. Emails, TikTok,
0: Instagram, blur, blur. Yeah. That's something that we've actually very, very recently implemented. I never would start working in the bed, but he would. And actually, last week, because it like became a little bit of a tiff where I would start to get really amped and stressed at like 8 a.m. in the morning, which is not like me because I don't really sit down at my desk until 10 30, 11 at the fucking earliest. I have a long morning routine. Like, I take my fucking time, walk the dogs, do my Pilates, make breakfast. And I explained to him like the whole stress thing and how it makes me stressed because my brain starts to go really fast and I'm not sitting at my desk. and. Anyway, now it's like if he wants to work, he goes and he gets into his workspace and he will work outside of the bedroom. I think also that can be a really healthy thing where you need to have healthy boundaries around work, especially if you are the one that is maybe more A-type or you're the one that's running the business or just even take that example that I just used and put it into your own relationship um, so that you feel more supported and, and in flow and not resentful around work things with your partner.
1: Yeah. And we could keep going for hours, but I know that that we need to go to. So we're going to probably wrap this up here. But most of all, thank you. I feel like normally I'm the one that's sharing all that I've learned. And honestly, the concept of provision and providing for versus execution, I think is like an absolute game changer. So I really hope that anyone Mm -hmm. that makes as much money or more money than their partner can literally come away from this episode like holy fuck, wow, the whole dynamic of my relationship is going to change. And I think ultimately it makes your relationship so much sexier when you can be like, okay, this is your role, this is my role, we're going to communicate it and then we're going to put
0: it into play. This is a really important topic of conversation that I think a lot of women and men need to listen to. I think there's a lot of chicken nuggets in here that they can um, implement into their lives. I agree. I agree. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Bye. (laughs)